What's up? Another weekly edition of the Triple Option. Blair Gunther here with Mike Monday and Kurt Studebaker. This week we're talking about the Super Bowl, the 49ers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Got any uh, just like gut reactions right off the bat? How you feeling about this game, Mike? Uh, you know, I'm a little bit, I mean, I'm still disappointed with the Falcons loss, obviously. Um, but I'm sold on Colin Kaepernick as a, as a quarterback and uh, as a runner as well. And I'm sold on the Niners. I, I mean, I don't want to make my pick yet, but I, I do like the 49ers and they, they gave a lot to me in the last couple of weeks. What about you, Kurt? Just general thoughts. You know, I, I'm having a hard time choosing between the two. I think it's going to be a great game. But I, I also like San Francisco, and if I had to put money on it, I would I would pick San Francisco. It's going to be a pretty ugly game, I think. Very defensive battle. We said that about a couple of the games last week, and we we were off the mark on that. Yeah, I uh, I disagree. I think there's going to be a decent amount of points scored. Really? I think so. You think it's going to be close though? Oh, I think it's a pretty evenly matched game. I think, I mean, not to overhype the whole brother angle, but I feel like if anybody knows how to coach against the Harbaugh's, it'd be another Harbaugh. <laughs> you would think. You would think. They've known each other for a long time. Uh, for what it's worth, I mean, I guess you can debate this because they both had a lot of success the past few seasons. I think Jim is the better coach. And I think the Niners are a better team. I agree. The, the Ravens have that. I mean, you know, Ray Lewis is retiring, and that's, that's neat and all, um, but they do have that sort of emotional edge i think like it feels like the niners have been a little bit more all business right and i mean that can that can save you like the you know there's there's been plenty of super bowls where you know the the emotional favorite ends up winning like the 07 super bowl with the giants and patriots it's a good point i i don't know i think it's tough there's no really edge in terms of i think experience because you know the 49ers have been here now two years in a row and the ravens are i think three of the last four afc championship games and they've been around forever the core of that team has been winning playoff games for a very long time so i don't think any i don't think either team will get two up or two down yeah no that's true that's true i think the the first question you have to ask is do you think uh kaepernick will have success against the ravens defense Uh, i think that he certainly can um you know ray lewis has looked great but he still has old legs and a lot of that defense is not you know spring chickens anymore they're they're pretty pretty old overall and uh Kaepernick can run for sure, and I think that if he can escape the pocket on some, you know, like you don't want QB draws necessarily, but on passing plays that break down, that's where he can be really, really dangerous. Before I ask Kurt his opinion, I got a stat right here. The 49ers average 8.4 yards per carry on option plays in the playoffs, and the Ravens gave up 6.2 yards per carry on the option play versus the Redskins, which is the only option team they played, but mm-hmm. still a, a decent stat because I'm assuming that was run several times, not just like two or three times. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a lot on a, for, for those option plays. And Kaepernick and Griffin are, are pretty similar in terms of their uh, ability to run. Griffin's a little bit more slippery, I think, but Kaepernick is, is also a very good runner. What do you think, Kurt? Kaepernick have success against the Ravens? I think he'll do all right, but... As with any other you know, emerging star, teams kind of find a way to figure it out. There's enough film now that they can study Kaepernick. You know, the, when, they, when they faced Redskins, this whole read option was still a relatively foreign subject to defensive coordinators. I think now that uh, John's had two weeks, I think that they're going to come out ready to play. I still like San Francisco to win the game, but I don't think that it's going to be a result of a lot of success running the read option. You did, you did say something interesting there. Um... John Harbaugh has two weeks to prepare, 
and mm-hmm. Lifetime, he has never lost a game with two weeks, uh, which is definitely kind of interesting. I mean, seems like that serves in the in the Ravens' favor. Yeah, added to that, I uh, don't remember when the Redskins played the Ravens, but I don't think Ray Lewis was in during that time. I think it was mm-hmm. in the second half of the season. And I think on top of that, Terrell Suggs was beat up too, so I think that's a big factor as well. I think they're healthier now. Yeah, that is huge. Ray Lewis is, like I said, not the fastest guy anymore, but he is one of the smartest defenders in the league. So I, I, if anyone can stop Kaepernick um, before he gets started, I think it's Lewis. On the other side of that, I've given Flacco a lot of static this year, and I, I don't, I still am very undecided about him. So I guess the opposing question is, will Flacco continue his run that he's had this postseason? Okay, I want to just preface this by saying that when Joe Flacco and Matt Ryan were drafted in the same class, and everyone wanted to compare the two, and I always thought it was the most ridiculous thing because I thought Flacco was just a, a mediocre quarterback who just didn't have it in him, but. This the second half of this year and uh, and the playoffs, he has started to sell me on it on being a, if not an elite quarterback in that very top group, then you know on that second tier with uh, you know with Matt Ryan and with some of those other guys, he throws the deep ball as well as anyone, and uh, he doesn't have doesn't make as many mistakes as he was. Kurt, what about you? I think the big thing uh, you touched on it when we did the the championship podcast is that. He had those wildly inconsistent QBRs. I mean, he was he was in the same sense as Mark Sanchez, which is never good. Right. I think that when you look at the teams that they played on their road to the Super Bowl, you know, Denver had an okay defense, not great. Colts were again not great, and New England's past to you was atrocious. That's true. So I'm I'm still not con- convinced that he's going to have the success that he's had on his way here against San Francisco. I agree with what Kurt said. I don't think the defense he's played against is impressive. However, that old sports cliche, you still got to make plays, I guess is true. Flacco hasn't thrown an interception these playoffs, so he hasn't made the mistake. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, on the other hand, um, so if he throws three more, if he throws three touchdowns in the Super Bowl, then he's going to tie the record. That just seems ridiculous to me, that Joe Flacco could be on, on top of the charts with Joe Montana and Kurt Warner. Yeah, I agree. It just it doesn't sound right. No, it really doesn't. Um, but I mean, maybe we need to start thinking of him in, I mean, obviously not Joe Montana, Kurt Warner terms, but in terms of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I like. I don't. I don't think he's in the top five, and I don't think anybody else would put him there. I, I just, for me, the I've I still not buying into it. I compare him to to Eli, the when Eli won mm-hmm. his first ring. I can see that because yeah. I think even now Eli's still really inconsistent. I think. Well, yeah, they didn't make the playoffs this year, partially because of him not, you know, having some of those terrible games. I mean, he had a five-week streak late in the season. It's really awful. Yeah. Here's another statistic talking about the Ravens' offense that uh, is pretty interesting, and I would have never guessed. Under Cam Cameron, who was who was let go as the offensive coordinator, because I, I believe they said because he didn't use Ray Rice effectively, right? That was the big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Under Cam Cameron, the Ravens ran the ball 60% of their plays, and under Jim Caldwell, who's the replacement. They've run the ball 48% of their plays. And I mean, the the Jim Caldwell stat, that's a little more standard to NFL offenses. 60% running the ball is a lot of running. So, and then, you know, 48% running is actually still a little high for a lot of a lot of offenses. Yeah, but it, I no, I agree with that. I'm just really surprised because I, I remember, I thought Ray Rice was the reason they let Cam Cameron go, and now he's being used less. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. There's maybe stats for him in the like he's a good receiver out of the backfield too. So there's maybe there's 
some support for that on screens or whatever. I mean, I don't have that in front of me, but it's possible. I thought some of it was play calling as well. We weren't very consistent. That's true. It just seemed like they, like the big complaint was them not running Ray Rice enough. And now they're running him a lot less. I mean, 12% of play calling in football, that's a lot of plays per game. Well, if they were really running the ball 60% of the time under Cam Cameron, that'd be, it's got to be top five in the league. Yeah, I think so. So that really the complaint? I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't follow it very closely. That's, I mean, that's what I heard people were complaining about. Yeah, I thought that Ray Rice was tied very closely to Cam Cameron's reason to being let go. I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those mirage things where people just didn't want Cam Cameron in anymore and they used that as an excuse. Could be. Uh, on the other side of that, switching from the offenses uh, to the defenses, interesting stat, uh, Alden Smith of the 49ers, all pro, I believe, this year, was cl- 19 and a half sacks through week 14, has not had a sack since week 14. Mm-hmm. And the big reason for that? Justin Smith's injury. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Uh, Justin Smith is the tackle, the defensive tackle for them. And Alden Smith plays right next to him on the line. And their big thing is they run a stunt where Justin Smith manages to grab both the guard and the tackle and opens a huge hole for Alden Smith to go right up the middle onto the quarterback. And with Justin Smith out, and even with him back and having, you know, he's got a, it's a tricep and pectoral injury, I think. I think he tore his tricep, yeah. Yeah, he can't, he can't grab those guys like that as well. And so um, they have a free blocker now to, to stop Alden Smith. And it, it kind of shows how much of a team effort a lot of football is because Alden Smith looked like one of the best, one of the best defensive pass rushers like ever in the first half of the season, and then just fell off completely when one player got injured. Yeah, it makes you wonder what other individual records deserve a giant asterisk. Yeah, mentions who gave them an assist. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, football's a team game, but no, it's a, it's a good point nonetheless. It's a big deal. I mean, this is a passing league, so you got to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Flacco, I think, has barely been touched these playoffs. His offensive line has been beyond stellar. They were amazing. They've been terrible in the regular season. Yeah. Um, and then for whatever, I don't know if there, someone came back. I don't really know exactly what happened, but they've been, yeah, you, you're right. They've been amazing. I don't think he's been... I mean, he's probably he's been sacked, but I don't know. I think it's, it's been, been very few times. Yeah, I don't even think he was. Clean. I don't think he was sacked in the Denver game. Maybe once. That's that's a big part of why they're having success because he has all the time to go ahead and throw. On the other side of that, uh, we're talking about the the defenses the Ravens have faced. You know, the Ravens make their money on being a physical team, mm-hmm. and the 49ers, I think, very much, especially under Harbaugh, also a physical team. Do you think that plays a factor? I mean, Ravens have played. Denver, Patriots, and Colts, who I consider all finesse teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely. I mean, who did the who did the Niners play? They played Atlanta and Green Bay and Green Bay, both of which are also pretty finesse teams. Um, so, I think that both of them are going to be in for kind of a culture shock. It may make a difference early on. I think that defense may prevail early, and then when the offenses start to get their bearings, what do you think, Kurt? Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm not completely ready to call Green Bay. A finesse offense. They're, I think they're definitely the most physical offense out of the five that we've mentioned. Green but Bay it's still, is? you're not. They, neither one of these teams faced a hardball coach team. I think it's interesting you called Green Bay the least finesse out of those teams. I mean, they have one of the worst running attacks in the league, and I mean, it's really all about Rodgers slinging the ball over the place. I think they're more. I think they're the most physical defensive team out of those five. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. And not to disrespect the Broncos, who I think had a bunch of sacks. I just, I, I still maintain the argument that that's still the defense that Tim Tebow had. It's just different when you have Peyton Manning back there and you can rush the passer pretty much every time. Right, right. 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, out of, out of those five, none of them can really run the ball except for maybe Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta couldn't even do that this season. They were okay in the playoffs, but... I think the Patriots can when they want to. The issue is that they prefer to just have Tom Brady throw it 50 times a game. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they have... I mean, the, the Patriots, it's no-name guys, but they have some good runners back there. Who Bernard Pollard... We haven't talked about that. Bernard Pollard did fulfill he, he, his role as Patriot Killer. Did in fact, I yeah, we called it. <laughs> okay, flipping flipping switches then, or flipping the other side. Uh, what about the matchup of the forty? We talked a little bit about the Forty ers or the Ravens off defense against the Forty ers mm-hmm. Do you think they'll be able? What do you think they're going to do? They think they stack the box, dare Kaepernick to pass him because I feel like that's what Atlanta's game plan was. It, Didn't really work out. Yeah, um, it worked early um, for Atlanta, but Kaepernick found a way to adjust i think with with san francisco um you can't cover everyone that they're that they're throwing to i mean you know all he has to do you know you've got crabtree you've got vernon davis those have been the two big weapons in these playoff games um but then you also have randy moss out there and randy moss is not vikings randy moss or patriots randy moss anymore but he's still one of the more dangerous deep threats in the league and so you can't, it's hard to cover all those guys because they, they run such different routes and they're all over the field. Um, Atlanta chose to leave Vernon Davis open and got destroyed for it. And so I don't know if they, who they want to take a chance with, but the Ravens are going to have to, uh, going to have to do that with someone. You know, I don't think you can fully cover all three and watch Kaepernick. So you gotta, you gotta give something up. What do you think, Kurt? Yeah, it's got to be tough as a defensive coordinator getting ready for San Francisco. I think the reason why Vernon Davis wasn't a big part is because people were taking him out of the game. Right. As a result, Kaepernick was able to go free. Then Atlanta was able to, for the most part, contain Kaepernick. Yeah. That resulted in Vernon Davis being open. I mean, so maybe there isn't an answer. Yeah, maybe you just have to maybe you just have to outscore him, which is not yeah. easy on the on the San Francisco defense. Patrick Willis is a monster. Flipping uh, on the long those same lines, do you think that the Ravens will have success against the 49ers defense? I mean, we talked about Alden Smith a little bit. The pass rush seems a little lack, but I mean, the 49ers aren't just a one-trick pony. No, no, not at all. I think that if Flacco gets a chance to start throwing, then they'll be they'll be in good shape. It really depends on the pass rush because the the Ravens have just as many weapons as well. Torrey Smith, Anquan Bolden is leading the NFL with postseason receiving yards this year. So, and then you've got Ray Rice, who is still one of the best backs in the league. And so, I mean, Flacco can't run like Kaepernick can, but he's got plenty of weapons on offense to hit. Yeah, along those lines here, uh, Ravens have 15 completions of 20-plus yards this this season in the playoffs, which I think is pretty impressive. I uh, I, I expect them to, the, to get a couple of deep balls because I think if you're the 49ers, you, you probably still key on Ray Rice. And I think the Ravens really like to run play action. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, if you're the Ravens, you have to take a deep shot every couple of drives. Well, I think so, because I think 49ers showed some real trouble with uh, mm-hmm. Julio Jones. Yep. I mean, he Julio Jones torched them yeah, early on. Torrey Smith had a real good game against Champ Bailey, so. Yep, yep. What do you think, Kurt? 49ers defense able to slow down the Ravens offense? I think that they will have more success than, than New England did or Denver did. But I mean, one of the reasons I like San Francisco to win the game I just don't think that Baltimore's defense matches up with San Francisco's offense as well as San Francisco's defense matches up with Baltimore's offense. Mm-hmm. Any particular reason why? Yeah, I mean, if you just look at the road that each team has taken to get here, I like the work that San Francisco has put in stopping Atlanta and Green Bay, arguably two of the top 
four or five offenses, if not even higher than that. Whereas Baltimore, Denver, and New England were great offenses, but I think they contained them fairly well, at least enough that their offense then could do do work against you know the, what was a pretty weak New England defense. So I guess you're saying you feel more impressed with the resume for San Francisco this offseason than the Ravens? Yeah, I would say that. So I just want to add on really quick to that. If you're the coach of the Niners, how do you stop the skill players for, for Baltimore? I mean, they've got Torrey Smith, Anquan Bolden, Ray Rice. Who's their tight end? They use uh, Pitt and Dixon. Okay. Two. Okay. So, I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of players. And they have, uh, what's his name, the fullback too? Uh, Leach? Leach. Jacoby yeah, Jones. Leach yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys. And San Francisco has, you know, they, they always pride themselves on being a good a good deep threat stopper, but they haven't really shown it. Yeah, I mean, I just, I like how they handled having watching most of the Atlanta game. I really felt like they Atlanta had has even more threats than Baltimore, and San Francisco did a decent job of at least containing. It wasn't great at times. But Atlanta was able to move the ball, but I think that at least coming into the postseason, I was the most impressed with Atlanta's offense, and I was expecting that to be a big factor against San Francisco. Yeah, they too. handled it as well as anyone could. That's so true. now, now that they're playing Baltimore on a neutral field, I, I have a hard time not picking San Francisco. Okay, so I mean, you've made it pretty clear that you like San Francisco. How much do you like them by? I would not take them to cover only because it's three and a half, which is a pretty ugly line. But I do like them to win by three or four. I think it's going to be very close to the spread that the, the Vegas has put up. All right, give me a score. Uh, twenty-seven, twenty-three. Okay, Blair, what do you think? Uh, I haven't made my pick yet. I do like San Francisco along those lines because I think it is going to be a close game. And I know we talked about this in the championship game. The kickers do, again, deserve talking Ooh, about Akers yeah. is bad or is struggling. <laughs> yeah. And I cannot think of the kid's name right off the top of my head. But Tucker? The, is it Justin Tucker? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He is pretty good. So worth mentioning. In the Dome, maybe not a huge deal, but still worth mentioning in my opinion. Definitely. I, I like the Niners. I think it's funny. Um, Flacco has been around longer obviously and has been to several championship games but i think he has much greater chance to be inconsistent than kaepernick that's ridiculous but i mean it's ridiculous that we would say that that a quarterback 10 games into his career is more consistent but it's true i just i I think i agree with you i think i just think it is because and why I, i guess i reference it because flacco has shown in the regular season and they switch coordinators which i guess maybe could be a factor in helping him but mm-hmm. he showed that he could be wildly inconsistent and i think in these playoffs alone harbaugh has that team believing no matter what we're gonna win i mean the packers game he throws a pick six like two plays in they come back and dominate he has a career rushing game for a quarterback mm-hmm. they get down early in atlanta and they just they don't panic that game looked the Atlanta game looked like it was over. I mean, I was excited. I was ha- you know jumping around, and then, you know, it didn't end up that way. <laughs> it was not pretty at the end. Yeah. So I I mean it's a bold statement, but I think that Flacco, if if one quarterback's gonna struggle, I I predict Flacco. I think I, I think it's gonna be a bit of a higher scoring game. I'm gonna go like 34-31. Okay. Um, I'm actually kind of in the middle of you two. I also think it's gonna be close. And I also think San Francisco is going to win. Um, although talking with you guys today has made me a little bit more sold on, on Baltimore. I think it's going to be an extremely close game. I'm going 31-30 49ers. I think it's going to be like Super Bowl for the ages. I hope so. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one thing that's going to be very interesting, regardless of which team wins, you're going to have a pretty interesting stat. You know, if the 49ers win, then Kaepernick will be least the least number of starts for winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, this is what his 10th start. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Where, where's the ceiling for him? I, I mean, mean, with Harbaugh as coach. Yeah. Jim. Jim Harbaugh as coach. It's not. I mean, he. If if he's winning a Super Bowl ten starts in, how do you go up from there? Well, that, I don't think you do. do you, I mean, I mean, he's people are going to study him all off season long. I can't. You, you can't predict him to come back and have a or have be able to build on that. This is the peak for him. I think the, the but I think the difference is that Harbaugh has clearly built a team. Mm-hmm. It's not like New England where it's Tom Brady. It is a team. It is Frank Gore, Kaepernick. It is it is a team. Mm-hmm. And so I just I don't I, I think an interesting point is I think this is a bit of a not so much a last hurrah mm-hmm. but a last hurrah for the Ravens. Ray Lewis is retiring. The defense is old and not to get too much into the offseason, but they have a lot of I think going into the season even with Ray Rice retiring, they will be 9 million dollars. Sorry, sorry, Ray, sorry, Ray Lewis. They will be 9 million dollars over the cap before signing Flacco. Wow. That's big. That's ugly. Yeah. And the Raven and the 49ers are relatively young. That's true. They uh I mean the Niners can be doing it for a long time. I think Kurt's right that people will start to figure out Kaepernick, but I think Kaepernick has shown enough passing ability that he's going to, I think he's going to stick around. He's going to be a good quarterback. He might not be an elite quarterback, you know, like some people are saying he's going to be one of the greatest of all time. I don't think that's true, but I think that he is going to be sticking around in the league for a long time. He's kind of the future of that franchise now. Yeah, I think he's shown enough work ethic that he'll put in the work, and I think Harbaugh has shown that he can polish just about anything. I mean, Alex Smith looked like a decent quarterback under Harbaugh. Yeah, and that's saying something. I can't wait till someone gives Alex Smith a ridiculous contract and then he comes in and throws like it'll be like 18, 18 touchdowns and 22 interceptions. He's the next Matt Castle. Right, <laughs> That's right. where he's going too, Kansas City. I'm oh, just kidding. He's not. Oh, I feel so bad for you Chiefs fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike, Mike, you made a good point. You know, Kaepernick has definitely shown that he can throw the ball. So even if the read option becomes something that people really figure out, I think he can transition to a pocket passer fairly well. I think that a lot of these quarterbacks, Russell Wilson can do the same thing. And I think Robert Griffin can also has a chance to do that. All of them have shown Russell Wilson, I think most of all, has shown an ability to stay in the pocket and throw extremely well. I think Russell Wilson is Drew Brees 2.0. Yeah, I think with those three quarterbacks you just mentioned, uh, maybe not so much Kaepernick this year, Mm -hmm. but I think the Griffin and Wilson for sure, even though I think they had elements of the pistol and option in the offense, were more are still pass first quarterbacks. I think most people would identify them that way. Kaepernick, I would not go that far with but i don't i don't think it's because he can't not pass right i just think he he i think he's he's about the same size as cam newton and i think he's faster and that's saying something because cam newton's one of the better athletes in the league right now and i think the bit and the big difference and i mentioned this when we talked about the championship games is cam newton i the big thing you saw this offseason gets really mopey Kaepernick mm-hmm. doesn't get down. He believes that he is going to run through a brick wall. And I think it's part of Harbaugh as well, for yeah. what it's worth. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, he threw that pick six last week and came back and had a masterful game. That, he, that's that's the difference between him and Cam Newton. Newton would have continued to have a bad game. Yeah, Newton is Newton's head isn't isn't screwed on right, I don't think, uh, all the time. I mean, he's still he's going to be a good quarterback, and this year was a pretty typical sophomore slump. Um, but Newton will be back, I think. But yeah, I don't want to get too off topic here, but I think... Uh, Kaepernick is just is Cam Newton, but better. Uh, speaking of, of coaches, I guess, where do you guys rank the Harbaugh's? I mean, I guess in terms of the NFL now and kind of going forward, because I, both are still relatively young in their head coaching career. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, I said before that I think Jim Harbaugh is the best coach in the league. Um, he's right there with uh, Belichick. I'm sorry, Kurt. Um, oh, it's fine. <laughs> but but uh, I think that John Harbaugh, 
Uh, we were talking about this a little bit before. John Harbaugh's been doing this at a really high level for for at least the last five years. I mean, the Ravens have been going deep in the playoffs for a while now. You know, if John Harbaugh's not top five, he's right there. I mean, he's probably not he's probably not there with 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 Belichick. And there are a couple of other excellent coaches, but I think he's in the top five. I'd say. What do you think, Kurt? I, I definitely agree with that. It's hard to argue with Jim being the best quarterback. Or sorry, the best. Yeah, it's definitely the best quarterback too. Back in the <laughs> early '90s, best coach in the league. You know, he when he he inherited one of the worst teams in the league. There's just no upside to that team. Yeah. And he completely transformed them. They're going to be a contender as long as he's there. No reason to believe otherwise. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm right there with you guys. Uh, I think I think John Harbaugh is in the top five because I think his team was obviously a lot more talented when he showed up, but you got to sustain success. And they've done it for a while. And uh, just to add a bullet point, I guess to why I think Jim Jim Harbaugh is the best coach. Speaking of Kaepernick, I think Kaepernick they they traded up to pick in the second round, and I believe they picked Alvin Smith two years ago in the first round. I think both picks were I don't want to say scrutinized, but were questioned and. I mean, they paid off. They have paid off extremely well. So, I mean, really quick, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Rank your top five coaches for me. I, I think I agree with Jim Harbaugh at one. Uh, two, it's hard. I mean, I got to give Belichick credit. He is one of the greatest coaches I think to ever take a sideline. So I'll put him at two, even though they've struggled recently, which is probably unfair. I mean, it's not all his fault. Three, I think you got to go with, I'm going to put John Harbaugh at three. Because I don't, I still don't like Flacco. I just don't. He's a top <laughs> ten quarterback, but I feel like that's not saying much because you regularly have somewhere between five and eight quarterbacks shuffled in and out every year, mm-hmm. and then you have somewhere between five and eight quarterbacks that are too young to put up there. So I mean, you just have to be better than fifteenth, and you're right up there. Oh, right. So that's just me. I think Peyton. I'm gonna put Peyton at four because I think he his offensive genius has been. Pretty well stated. The defense, I don't know how much he plays in that. It could be just the GM, but I think he's one of the more brilliant offensive minds. And I'm I'm taking Pete Carroll at five. And it's not <laughs> yes. just because of his coaching ability. I think that he has pretty much... They said some kind of ridiculous NFL record for number of transactions in, a, in an offseason since he's taken over. He has built that team, and it is an impressive team. I mean, Russell Wilson, the decision was questioned. Everyone assumed Matt Flynn. I'm taking Pete Carroll at five. Mike is not happy with my fifth pick. I don't like, I don't like Pete Carroll. So Kurt's going to go next. You know, what's funny is that I have almost exactly the same picks as you, Blair. Uh, I like Jim first. I mean, it's really hard to argue with that. And I'm going to go with a tie for a second. I mean, Belichick and, and Peyton. That's cheap. That is cheap. That's cheap. Okay, fine. I'll put Belichick second. I mean, you can't argue with history, even yeah. if he's a cheater. Um, <laughs> but Peyton third. You know, his, his excellence was demonstrated this year with him off the field. That's true. That, that team was, was not good. good. I like John Harbaugh, fourth, consistently good, winning playoff games every year. And then I also have Carroll, fifth. And I think Tomlin and McCarthy are, are right there. Coughlin probably deserves a mention, too. That's true. Don't worry. I forgot about Coughlin. Yeah. All right, Mike, you're five. Pete right. Carroll's number one, right? That is absolutely not true. I'm going Jim Harbaugh, number one. I think we've talked plenty about why that is. I also have Belichick at two. I he just he's been doing it for so long and there's he's one of the only kind of cogs of that machine that's left from the early success and they're still playing at a high level. Um and a lot of that has to do with him. At 3, I'm going to go ahead and and go Sean Payton as well. I don't think that he they've had good players on that defense um in the past and they've been, you know, kind of a ball hawking defense. I don't think 
I think he brings in decent players. I don't think that he coaches the defense at all. So I put that on, it was Greg Williams, I guess. Not anymore. At four, I'm going to go ahead and go Tom Coughlin. I think that as long as he gets players that can play into his philosophy and not get divas who don't want to put in the work, I think that he's one of the one of the best coaches. Um, he's not necessarily a leader of men, but he can put together a great game plan and make sure it gets executed, even if his players are not his biggest fans. Uh, and then at five, I've got John Harbaugh. Um, we've also talked plenty about him today, so I'm not going to go too much into it. So that's my top five as well. Quick question for, since we have Jim at one, I'm assuming if, if Jim loses, we still don't take him away from one, or does he bump down? Uh, it, I mean, if they go and get blown out, then I'll you know consider switching him and Belichick again. Mm, um, Kurt, is it the same for you? No, actually, I, I would leave him at one regardless because of the struggles that the Patriots have had the last couple of years. That's fair. That's fair. I would I would move John up, though. Yeah, that, I agree. I agree with Kurt on Jim. That was my next question is if John wins, I had him at three. I don't move him, I think, over Belichick, even if he wins this year. But you had him at five and Kurt, you had him at four, I believe. Yeah, I think right. I think he goes to three behind Belichick if he wins a Super Bowl this year. And if he loses, uh, I think I drop him behind Mike Tomlin as well. So you'd have him at six? I'd have him at six if he if John were to lose the Super Bowl. That's fair. I mean, four through seven are all really close. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of silly that we're talking about dropping coaches in rankings for you know winning or losing one game, um, especially because this is this is their first Super Bowl for both of them, right? Yes. Right. So, I mean, getting to the Super Bowl is a huge accomplishment. Um, so, I mean, maybe it's not even fair for us to raise or drop coaches in the rankings. Just to qualify, first Super Bowl's head coaches. Right, correct. I don't, don't want to... But yeah, you see, you see what I'm saying. Like uh, Any coach that coaches in a Super Bowl, that's that makes them a pretty decent coach. You know, it's not necessarily true for all coaches in history. No, it's not. Gene Chizik can attest. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the reason why I feel like I can back up dropping John Harbaugh is, that the, is the company he's got behind him. Now, on my list, I've got Tomlin, McCarthy, and Coughlin all right on his heels, and they all have rings. Yeah. I mean, if John doesn't win, then I'm okay dropping him. But I know it's a little different on your guys' lists. I, I, I mean, I think Tomlin doesn't get enough credit. We didn't give him a whole lot of, a lot of props here, and he's. I mean, it was uh, what's his name? Um, Cower? Are you talking about Cower? Bill Cower. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't remember that, but Tomlin came in, and I mean, essentially there was no drop off, and Cower's one of the better coaches in a long time, and Tomlin kept it going pretty well. Oh, Tomlin definitely deserves a lot of credit. I agree with Kurt. I mean, I think four through, I think, eight, because Coughlin, for, for me, Coughlin, McCarthy, who well, I think it's eight, eh, and Tomlin <laughs> are right there. Yeah. So, I mean, they all those guys definitely deserve mention as well. They are great coaches. For sure, for sure. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. I don't think, Kurt, do you have any more thoughts on the Super Bowl? No, I'm just looking forward to a great game. Mm-hmm. Blair, anything? No, I think it's two of the better coaches in the NFL. I think it's two of the better teams. I mean, the Ravens were pretty good before they suffered injuries. I think it'll be a good game. I'm with both of you. I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a good one. So signing off for the Triple Option this week is Blair Gunther. I'm Mike Monday. Kurt Studebaker. Thanks for listening.